PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Bienvenidos al Cinema Crespedizor, episode 4125. CrisCrespo.com, pftmedia.com. Dulce Cogman. Hola, señor. What? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás, Dulce Cogman? What the hell is going on here? This episode brought to you by Cogate. Cogate. Limpiara sus did I, dientes con cogate. Ahora. Did, did I stumble into bilingual Crespodiso? No, someone hit sap. Because it's got to be an issue. That's what happens when people hit sap on their phone. Oh. Does our phone, do our phones have sap? <laughs> Can you just hit a button to turn your podcast into a language of choice? I mean, I, I wish. I would love to listen to the show in Japanese. I mean, if we all had, like, the babblefish from fucking, uh, what's, uh... Ultra Carbon. No. Uh, uh, Philip K. Dick's, uh, to Android's dream of electric sheep. No. Uh... Man, I am way too high for this right <laughs> now. <laughs> 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 uh, I, I did give Hitchhiker's up. Guide to the Galaxy. Hitchhiker's Guide. Thank you. For, there we go. For that not to be on the tip of your brain, yeah, you're definitely, uh... Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, I had to I had to peer through the fog. The, the fog was it the fog or, or or did the oil gunk up the gears a little uh, bit, make I, them run a little slower? One of the two. My fingers are all sticky these days from the oil resins yeah. I'm, I'm working mm-hmm. with that I'm dealing with these days. Well, you know, to self medicate. First world problems. They are first world problems, aren't they? Especially in this country, where man, I'm paying for the right to not be arrested to enjoy. Uh, I mean, that really is the American way. <laughs> it is the American way. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Uh, yes, we are doing this is our special Spanish musical episode. So we will have musical guests all hour. We'll be joined by Yola Tengo a little later. The half will be Los, Los Lobos will be here. Who? who what, what sort of drugs or sex C- work are you ca- getting into? Credit cards, baby. Credit cards. Oh, credit card fraud. Okay, credit, cool. Credit card, credit card. Why is it fraud? <laughs> because, because I'm not planning on paying the cards? Well, that and you do not have the proper credit limit for these people. I mean, if I get enough cards and then I spread out, spread out the payments, <laughs> you know, and then also I, I'm staggering the payments month to month, and then I'm using one card to pay off another card, and then I apply for another card. Uh, bounces keep going up and down, so my my score, it's, uh, it's working out okay. Yeah. We'll have uh, fun to eat at least. <laughs> so, uh, how, how you doing, Drew? Doing. All right, buddy. Yeah, 
good to, good to see it. It's uh, February has come to a close. Mm-hmm. It's over. And j- just in time. Uh, Dread came out on uh, Hulu and Amazon. Man, you manifested that shit <laughs> with your Febdrinus. Yeah. Uh, Dread. Totally okay. Now available that. for people to watch. Just whenever. Whenever you want to watch it. Which you should be doing. You if should you, be watching yeah, it. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you haven't ever watched it, then you need to fix that problem. And if it's been a while since you've watched it, you should rewatch yeah. it. And then you should go to patreon.com slash so and sign up for our bonus episode on Dread that just came out on Friday. Uh, we did for February, Drew picked three movies, and we did episodes on them. We did Drew Romance. <laughs> we did uh, Princess Monadruki. <laughs> And Drew. <laughs> and it was, all right, yeah. it was a lot of fun. It was good stuff. And now we're, now we're into March, which means back to the silliness. Yeah. We got the Van Dams coming in. What do we do, actually? Oh, so once a Batman yeah. is going strong. Holy shit. Batman. We're doing a Batman Lots episode. Batman. We're recording a bunch of Batman stuff. Patreon.com slash So Sign up today. Uh, it's super cheap and not that good. So you get what you pay for. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, review of Minari. I watched Minari this week, Jurassic Cogburn. A24 did a thing. Uh, who was it? I can't. Sorry for not remembering who did this, but someone shared this. They probably don't even listen to the show. Surprising amount of Facebook group users, I b- believe, do not. And not once even bother listening to the show. That's I don't fine. think so. That's whatever. Who gives a shit? So they, someone posted uh, that A24 for the movie Minari, they were doing uh, the theater, uh, no, internet screenings, I should say. And they had like blocked out two weeks. And by the time I had clicked on the link, it had been up for a few days and like a week and a half worth of screens were Go already on. showed out, sold out. So they had a limited amount of like, quote, internet tickets uh, for a screening, quote, screen that started at 7 p.m., but you could start it anywhere for like a four hour block during that time. They had since added 9 p.m. screenings. Okay. And most of those had sold no. out. When I looked at it a week ago, there was a, a couple days left and there was only two 9 p.m. Everything else was sold out. It was pretty. Pretty successful, I would say, on yeah. their part. So I uh, did that. I was like, fuck it. Why not? It's going to be on Hulu any minute now anyway. I mean, yeah. Nomadland's playing at the end zone over here. Yeah. It's been yeah, on it Hulu is. for like a week. Mm-hmm. Minari's going to be the same thing here in a second. Yeah. So anyway, Minari. I saw it. Mm-hmm. Chris Cogburn. Chris Crespo. Minari makes Nomadland look like Avengers Endgame. Wow. No, that's not, <laughs> That's an exaggeration. That's not true. Just th- that that little action or movement? I mean, <laughs> at least in Nomadland, they go places. Yes. They're traveling, uh-huh. meeting other people. Uh-huh. Like, the scene keeps shifting. Mm-hmm. Welcome to two hours of a, a farm in Arkansas. Ooh. In a, in a shitty, like, trailer house that they got to put together. And, and people who don't speak much English. No, the... Mom and dad do well, and then the and then the kid like he doesn't even want to speak Korean. He's well, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm in America, but the crux of the movie is that so it's a no, South Korean le- family moving to America to say, live but, on a farm, but learn to speak Korean so you can talk shit about the other Americans. Exactly, later. yeah, you gotta learn that Korean, kid. Um, the grandma comes to uh, she shows up a little later, but she shows up to live with the family for a while while they try to make it on this farm in Arkansas in the '80s. Uh, that just means there's no cell phones. That's all. Yeah. That's all. That mm-hmm. means. And maybe a little more racism. Yeah, it's Arkansas, so it's like the, like I said, maybe, maybe a little more. Yeah, there's still <laughs> probably still have 80s mentality going on. Uh, 
Well, that really wasn't... Anyway. the So it's them just, like, struggling to get by, acclimate to a new culture, and, you know, just trying yeah. to uh, convince themselves that he made a good decision. He wants to convince himself he made a good decision. And that is all move. worth it. Yes, that it is good land, and... Uh, there are people who help him, and at one point, a water diviner shows up. So, like, this is how you find water with a stick, and he's like, "Get out of here, crazy Americans, with your bullshit." Uh, anyway, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It's it's really well made. Mm-hmm. It's very uh, much like Nomadland. It is just a like well paced movie. It knows the story that it wants to tell. It's multi generational. So the grandma shows up, got some issues there. She doesn't get along. Well, the grandson. Doesn't get along with Grandma right away. He's this nine-year-old kid mm-hmm. who... Uh, well, he's nine years old. He's nine years old, so he doesn't want to hang out with Grandma. Oh. Grandma, He's like, Grandma smells like onions or whatever uh-huh. shit she smells like. Or cabbage. The And then, of course, throughout the movie, they, you know, they get along and it gets better. The character growth is there. It's a very well-acted. Steven Yeun is very, very good. At Sundance, when this played, that's 2020 Sundance, I believe... The kid and Steven Yoon, they were like the talk of the town. And then also this grandma, apparently. I read her being described as the Meryl Streep of South Korea. Okay, so and she's been around the block. She's been around the block. We and, just don't know her because we're fucking Americans. And because this is her first time being like, okay, I will do a movie that's meant for Western audiences. Yeah. Like, she's been totally happy with just making South Korean movies. Uh, and obviously, like, she is a huge part of the story, and she's very good. She's, I mean, like... I get it. If you told me, oh, this lady's a star, has been a star for a while in South Korea, I'm like, oh, I get it. It's like yeah. the Avasarala yeah. that you point out in the Expanse. Yep. Like, oh, she was a, a megastar in, in Iran in the 70s. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> that all makes sense now. Wow. Yes, I get it. I get it. Uh, so Minari is very, very good, I have to say. Extremely well made. It's really a matter of is this the type of movie or type of story you're looking for? Like for you, Drew, I feel like it being an A24 movie yeah. kind of pushes it. Like, you know, if they say it's worth watching, you should probably watch it. Yeah. Uh, I probably should. Doesn't mean I will. Exactly. It is, a, it is one of those things where it's like, I mean, is it on your should watch list? That's another thing about 2020 being a shit year for movies. Uh, would this movie have gotten so much play in a, uh, in a quote, normal Movie well, year with I mean, more if movie it's, options. If it's good, and I mean, like, I think Nomadland would have. I think so too, especially because of Francis McDormand. So I, th- I think probably Minari would have too. It, it, it would have been one of those little A two four movies where next we hear uh, Marvel has picked this director mm. to do the next whatever, 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 and everyone's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, this lady, this <laughs> Kim, whatever. Her, I didn't look up her name. Uh, yeah, she'll be uh, <laughs> the next Marvel series of some sort. Uh-huh. Yeah, she'll get like ten million dollars. No. Yeah, that'll look good for her. Yeah. Like, I'm going to make a quiet, constant play of it. It's still like magic. <laughs> Aliens at the end. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. It's very good. It's very, very good. Very, very good movie. Recommend. Very good movie recommend is what I say. Is what I say. See, I do the Spanish earlier, but now it's just an accent. I'm regressing. Yes, you are. I'm doing Antonio Banderas. <laughs> for anyone wondering. <laughs> anyone wondering speci- nope. specifically? Mm-mm. Or I can do... John Voight in uh, Anaconda. <laughs> where where he's just doing Antonio Banderas anyway. Well, your lover is, squeeze you like your greatest lover until you explode. He says explode. Explode, explode yes. is uh-huh. how he describes yeah. uh, Anaconda squeezing you. 
Fantastic actor, John Voight. Uh, Minari, very, very good. I think it's those. I think those virtual screenings are done now. Still playing in select theaters. Well, like you said, we'll it's be at be the end scene here in a minute, but I'm pretty sure, yeah, Hulu is where it's going to be ending up any minute now. Uh, Minari. Okay. Media Diet. WandaVision. Episode 8 of 9. We're wrapping this baby up. Cool, time to start watching. It's doing it. it yes, time <laughs> to start watching it. Drew, they are doing it. The final episode will be uh, this Friday. And uh, way back when it started, I was like, this is what I think the show is going to be about. Wano's doing this. Is that, is that all that? All that's been true. Yep. It's mm-hmm. all been true. So, so the last episode was like, this is how all that happened. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, this is what I figured. No. Yeah, this all makes sense to me. So it's it's good, but I feel like I was kind of ahead of it. No. And then knowing that now we have one episode left and, you know, Doctor Strange is supposed to be showing up. Like, man, I'm so ahead of this thing. It's, like, <laughs> it's annoying to be ahead of it in a way. Like, I want to be surprised. Also, yeah. I'm a little... People <clears throat> on the internet seem to be liking it quite a bit. And, like, if you don't like WandaVision, you get some heat from Like, well, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, it's not... It's good, but I'm not over the moon for it. I mean, w- welcome to my entire Marvel Cinematic Experience. That's true. <laughs> That's true. You're harder what, on it than what, most people one are. One step ahead. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's going on. You called the... You said, we're heading into the end game. You said that... I, I can't believe I actually said that. I can't believe that I found that. I was just going through old audio. I was like, holy shit, he said end game. <laughs> It's wild, yeah. Um, yeah, dude. The uh, it's good. It's a good show. I'm enjoying it, and yeah, it's good. It's good. I really cool. don't have that too much to say about it, other than uh, it's it's been a fun show. It gets uh, over in the end. Ultimately, just like I said in the beginning, what it was going to be about, it is about Wanda's grief, yeah, and uh, sort of survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is, you know, good, rich, thematic material to be mined. Mm -hmm. And they do some, they do some mining of it. And Olsen is great. I enjoy me an Elizabeth Olsen performance. Mm -hmm. Catherine Hahn is also great as well. Paul Bettany, et cetera, et cetera. I'm enjoying everyone. Okay. WandaVision, so that's it. That's that. Uh, Alone. I finished season three in Patagonia. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how that one ended. Uh, three out of the last four people to go all had to leave because of health issues. They were there for so long. And with the medical checkups that they're like, your BMI is too low. Your blood pressure is too low. You get, get out of here. You're going to die out here if you keep uh, starving yourself. So the last person uh, lasted just because they're the last one to pass a health check. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's satisfying. It wasn't as satisfying no, no, that satisfying. It sounds like they all failed. Most of them failed. The last one was just like, I'm just a hair breath away from starvation. So that's why I, I managed to win. I skipped season four because they went back to Vancouver Island where oh, they had the first two seasons. Tax cuts. Yeah, like what? Yeah, what the fuck? Um, but they did change it in that they made it um, a twofer thing where it's family members okay. that had to survive, quote, alone. So they're not alone. Yeah. And apparently they... Dropped one person off to set up camp, and then they dropped the other person off miles away, and then they're supposed to go find them or whatever. I was like, fuck Vancouver Island. I'm skipping the season. Went to season uh, five, which is in the fucking the edge of Siberia in Mongolia. Right, right, (laughs) Right at the end of summer before it has two weeks of autumn and then plunges into winter. And it, that's it's been an interesting as fuck season. I've been, fuck. And also the cool thing about this one, the reason why it's like a, for sure a step up from Patagonia and British Columbia is that uh, it's 
a sort of redemption season where it's a lot of people from the past seasons who are coming back and that I liked because I already know most of these people. Yeah. They added obviously some people from the season I skipped so I was like fuck these jerks. But uh I got to like oh yeah I got I remember these people whether I like them or not and fall back into those similar uh like emotions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It was comforting to, mm-hmm. to see them in a new environment. <laughs> oh, but fuck this environment though. Snakes, pit vipers. No, Drew. Oh <laughs> yes. my God! One guy killed one with an arrow, and he's like, "We eating snake tonight!" And he's like, holding it up to the camera. I was like, oh, 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 oh. "I was vibrating with fear and repulsion." And then I was like, "Let me sh- let me see that again." It's disgusting. Oh God, snakes! Alone, season five. That's good stuff on Hulu. People should be watching Alone. Um, also, people should be watching Shit's Creek if they haven't already. Like, if you haven't, and you're part of, if you're even further behind than I am on the Shit's Creek train, which is me, it's worth it, Drew. It's easy to watch, 20-minute episodes, like 22 minutes each. They go down so smooth, and uh, all the characters are enjoyable. And it's like a just a well-done... I mean, how many different ways do people have to like say it before it sinks in? It's that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Like, everyone's been saying it's a good show for mm-hmm. years. Well, now it's my turn to be saying, yeah, yeah, it's a good show. We watch it. It's good. It's good. I, I'm up to just starting season... Uh, five yeah. of six. I'm only down to the last two seasons. Maybe, right? maybe I'll watch it the way like I watched The Wire, like you know, 15 years later. And then you'll be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was good stuff. Or maybe it'd be like Sopranos. We're like, I oh, don't know. I yeah. think people were kind of full of it at the time. Yeah, they were. Maybe they were. Other people, I'm listening to other podcasts where people are going back and watching Sopranos, and they're like, like this is still the greatest show ever. No, it's not. <laughs> I, d- I wholeheartedly disagree. Well, I, don't, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, I'd rather rewatch, uh, be rewatching Deadwood. I mean, if I was gonna re, I mean, I I did that once already. That's one you, of the you one, did that ahead of the movie. One of the few rewatches I've ever done of a series like that. You know, fortunately, it's only like three seasons, yeah. four seasons, so, so it's worth it. You can do it. It's yeah. not like committing to. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna rewatch Mash. Yeah. I'm thinking about rewatching Legion. Yeah, it's only three seasons. It's three of the wackiest yeah. seasons of television I've ever seen. I'm for sure going to rewatch Mr. Robot at some point. I've, I've watched a few episodes of the first season. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just give me that juice again. I can feel <laughs> it. Uh, but I'm still, I'm not fully ready for that commitment, I think. No. Especially with doing it alone. Um, WandaVision's about to end, and then we're going to have one week where they play uh, like a Star Wars gallery type of making of thing, mm-hmm. but for WandaVision. Okay. So that'll be the week after and then the week after that is the is sixth episode uh, Winter Falcon Soldier yeah which we'll be talking about a little bit in the second half and then after that in June is Loki six episodes of Loki Disney Plus has said they or Disney has said they plan for every week of the goddamn year if not for the next year or two every week something new to watch there will be a Disney or Marvel new something new that's fucking wild. I mean, yeah. That's wild. That's crazy stuff. I mean, Netflix is doing the same thing. Just cranking shit out. They decided to do the movie a week. Yeah. They went movie of the week. Uh, at minimum, they have like 80 movies to come out this Bunch year. Bunch of series, animated shit. And then, of course, all, all that stuff that they acquire mm-hmm. and they produce. Paramount Plus, that's debuting in March. They said they want to do... Originally, they said they want to do a movie of the week. So I don't know if they're still doing that, but they want to... Where's all that shit? It's uh, where's all this money coming from? Us. Answers us. It's coming from us. The uh, that's my media diet. 
Joseph Cogber, and I'm full. Num, 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 num of media. What do you got for me? Uh, I started watching Age of Samurai, colon, Battle for Japan. Okay, you started watching, <laughs> so it's not a video game. Age no. of Samurai Battle. Is it an anime? No, it's a... Is ne- it a ne- History Channel thing? It, it's a Netflix, uh, like, docudrama. They, they, okay. They've been doing these recently, uh, where it's like... It's, it's basically all history, so talking heads mm-hmm. mixed with... You know, historical reenactments of some of the things that happened. Okay. Are you enjoying it? Yeah. It's fun. It's good Re- stuff. Reenactments of, like, the battles and stuff? Som- sometimes, yeah. Sometimes battles. A lot of the time, you know, just like the, you know, the the whatever drama. You know, they have certain people that play each of these historical figures. So mm-hmm. you just see them in action. You know, they're moving or on a horse or in the palace or whatever, blah, blah, Any blah. production value to it? Or yeah. is it like no, there's 80? A dec- yeah, no, there's, like- a, there's a decent amount of production value. Because that's, prob- that's the trouble when you get to... Um- Reenacting like docudrama type stuff, it can look cheap or whatever. Yeah, no, they, they, this is the I think this is like the third one of these that I've watched. I think they're all produced by different companies, but they're mm-hmm. doing this weird like historical docudrama. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, I, it, make, it makes it a little easier to watch when it's mm-hmm. in sort of story form. Yeah, uh, makes it a little easier to understand well, just, and follow. I mean, yeah, well, it's, they're just they're, they're just they basically just find a sequence in history and just tell you about it chronologically. You know, with the different quote unquote main characters, you know. And it's at Netflix? Yeah. It's six, like, 45 minute episodes. I've watched the first three. Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. Good stuff. Age of Samurai. What was the subheader on that one? Battle for Japan. The colon battle (laughs) for Japan. Those colon battles, bro. They're, they're awful. Man, I had... Uh, and they I, take centuries. Like, I had an amazing Chinese food dinner. Yes, uh, speaking of uh, samurai, uh, <laughs> Asian, I had amazing... I had roast... Dude, roast duck. Uh, uh, black bean chicken. Black bean beef. Uh, uh, the fried rice, obviously. Egg roll, dumplings. Uh, there was other stuff in there. Another type of chicken. Another type of beef. And then... It happened. Mm-hmm. And then it happened. It always happens. And then it always happens. The colon battle. <laughs> for right, that was what it was called? For yeah. Japan? <laughs> the colon battle for Japan. And you know what Japan is. <laughs> I'm talking about that. I'm talking about that Japan. I'm talking about that Japan, guys. You know what I'm saying? Hit that sap button. Hola. <laughs> all right. So what else you got for me on the media diet? Oh, that's it. All right. All, all right. No problem. Coolio, Julio. No music. You're not listening to any music. No. I showed you no. some music uh, pre-show. Some Mark Rebier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can recommend that to people for media diet stuff. Rebier. R e b i l l e t. Uh, what were we saying? We were trying to nail him down. The hipster, trap hipster, comedy rap of sorts. Of yeah. sorts. Loops. Lots of loops. Mm-hmm. He has three albums called Loop Legend or something like that. On Spotify, uh, I he, saw him on TikTok. He, he's semi-talented. Semi-talented, but he knows how to use that semi-talent uh-huh. pretty well. Like he leans into what he does, uh-huh. leans into a pretty strong. It's a shtick. It's definitely, it definitely has a short shelf life. Yes, it, yeah, it, it is not like ten years from now you're gonna be like, oh yeah, that guy, and you're not gonna listen to it, but you're gonna have fun memories yeah. of the two months that you listen to his it, music. It's like, I don't seek out Wesley Willis, but I remember no. listening you to it. Freak out Hellbus. Freak out Hellbus. I whooped Batman's ass. Yeah, see, exactly. Isn't it yeah. more fun to just recall it than it actually is. listen to it? Yeah, yeah. And then you start, it's like, 
<laughs> the Casio keyboard kicks in, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't. Yeah. Uh-huh. It works better live. It does. It's live shows. Yeah. Rest in peace, actually. I'm sure. Yeah, he's, been yeah. dead for, he's been dead for a while. Um, yeah, exactly. It, it feels like that. But So get on it now, guys, while it's fresh and interesting in the moment. Mark Rebier, uh on Spotify and TikTok, et cetera, et cetera. The TikTok is actually much more interesting because it's all imp- it's exclusively improv stuff. In front of people, yeah. unsuspecting people just eating their salads, and he's like weirdness, and he's sort of rapping about uh like being molested by his uncle or being a flamingo that eats kids' eyeballs. Fun. That's a hard ass flamingo song, man. Yeah, it is. I like the fl- maybe <laughs> in ten years I'll still be listening to the flamingo song. We'll see. And books? Are you not reading anything? Any comic books? Uh, East of West ended, so volume ten that came out a couple months ago. Is that uh? That's Brian Brian Michael Bendis. That's no uh, uh, that's BKV. <clears throat> no, that's uh Aaron no, Lewis. No, that's uh, <laughs> uh, remember Aaron, Aaron Lewis is a guy, right? I'm trying to it's think. been a while uh, since I've written a book for Drew. It's been a while. Yeah, way too high to remember. Who wow, the Drew. That was some good Sertura relief there. This episode brought to you by Sertura. <clears throat> y colgate. Limpiado su dientes con colgate. Yeah. Fresh meat. Not really. No? No. Okay. All right, that's fair. I mean, there is, uh, there's a Scott Snyder book that I'm reading called Undiscovered Country, but I think I told you about that. I think you have. Scott Snyder uh, he had that Batman, the Batman run. run. Yeah, yeah, yeah with where the he, Batman metal yeah, and stuff. Yeah, where he, like, America's been closed off mm. for X amount of hundreds of years, and now the gates are open, and weirdness, and time loops, and... Ooh, time loops. Strange bullshit. That's fun. I like strange bullshit. Uh, uh, Robert Kirkman's Invincible is starting on Amazon here in a couple weeks. Uh, I never read it, just because I I didn't like the um, like the art style. Oh, well, in, it's in the an- art direction. It's animated, so they're probably going to lean into that style. But it's very. I mean, it's going to be a straight copy of the comic book. But yeah. it's it's not a comic book for kids. No, no, it sounds super interesting. No, what from what I've read about it, it sounds great. It's well regarded, well yeah. lauded. Well, it, it's it. Yeah, great writing. It's just like when I'm—I don't know. There's there's that fine line for me with comic books, sure, where yeah, yeah, you know sure. you got to be. I have to also have to be into the art style. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah, you got you want to be into the whole package. Well, uh, animated uh, TV show versions coming here pretty soon, so that could be a lot of fun. That could be interesting. We'll see. I'm sure people are gonna like it. Uh, we'll find out in a couple weeks. Here, in the meantime, just to Cogburn, let us take a break. We're gonna be back with the second half. We have a Facebook comment or two to read, I believe. Uh, we have a returning 2020 segment for the show and then some news stories as well. Uh, so we will be right back right after these messages. We don't have any, we don't have any messages. I was about to say we we have sponsors. No, no money. Sorry. (laughs)
gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Children of all ages. Children of most ages. Gotta draw the line somewhere. No. Four? No. Three? No. We want toddlers? We want toddlers around? No. I mean, they should, I think they should be listening to us. Do I want them around? No. Haha. Catch 22 and a half. Do not want them around. That's a sequel. I do not want them in my around me. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Deuce Cogwin here. Deuce Cogwin, how are you doing today, sir? Doing. Uh, we have a voicemail here. Let's see where this is from. No, okay. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's a Sunday. Um, we are doing the second half of episode 425. It is happening now. The mo- is the most regal royal half. This is the half where we put our pinkies up and we drink our spot of tea and we eat our scones and we tell each other how good of a job we're doing. Juicer Cogman, sir, you are doing a magnificent job. Thank you, sir. You're doing a shit job. Thank you, sir, for the honesty. <laughs> I appreciate it. It is like our own Statler and Wardorf rolled into one. A sort of Storedorf of insult added to injury. Salt added to the wound, dirt rubbed into the cut, face rubbed into the muck. Juice the Cogman, those are your horses. Who do you have in this year's Belmont Stakes? <laughs> I guess uh, face into the muck. Face in the muck with the 20 to 1 odds. Fantastic. Horsed by Sir Jennery Robinson St. John Smythe of South Tinside. Shout outs to our listeners in South Tinside, as well as. Glasgow City. Is that the same as Glasgow? Maybe. Glasgow City? I don't know. That's how it came up, Perhaps. In, that's how it came up in the stats. Perhaps not. Perhaps Couldn't not. tell you. Perhaps not Glasgow City at own, own I mean, who knows? M- maybe Glasgow City is actually... It's, it's Glasgow City, Tennessee. Glasgow. <laughs> Glasgow City, Tennessee. My is my Glasgow. Down here in Glasgow I mean, there City, is, Tennessee. There's a Paris, Texas, and a, a, there's other shitholes around That's America true. called Paris. That's true. New York City was once New Amsterdam. Uh, Istanbul, Constantinople. Uh, Egypt was once an ocean. If it was still New Amsterdam, they wouldn't have the flooding problem. That's true, because the, the, the water would be afraid of the Dutch. Yeah, the Dutch would have stuck around and they would have... Tamed the water like just like they did over there. Like you guys need some canals, a couple of dams. You need and we're, just we're, proper water. I mean, I, I I know the sea level's rising, but we are currently reclaiming land from the sea. So fuck you. Yeah, and you're they're like, no, 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 mate. We're gonna we cockney <laughs> we cockney early New Yorkers, mate. And we gonna we just gonna have big old ships coming through here often, dirty up these waterways real good, and then Kramer's gonna swim in it and make a big episode about it. Fun. Good times. He made a mattress stink like shit. Uh, do you remember that episode? Vaguely. 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 Seinfeld references. That's what people come to cinema Crespedizo for. You're old. I'm old, mate. <laughs> I'm old. Let me tell you. Let me tell you how old I am. I'm so old that I remember when Daft Punk was a band. Oh. Rest in, rest in peace, Daft Punk. 1993 to 2021. It's a long time. It's a long time. The last full-length time was 2013, though. Uh, and you know they, they knew they weren't going to top it, so they're like, "Fuck it, we're just not going to." Just, just, I mean, we'll say it again. We're not going to make it easy. Yeah, we'll do stuff, but like, well, we ain't going to put it out for people or shit. Maybe we'll do like, I mean, the last things I think they put out may have been a couple of songs on the weekend, on one of the weekends album on the Starboy. Okay, he performed. He did six songs at the Super Bowl. Two of them were the Daft, Daft Punk songs. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, Daft Punk. Forever uh, f- forgotten. But not forlorn. 
I'll save the rest of the news for later. Uh, Patreon.com slash Crespity. So we talked about it. If you liked what you heard in the last couple of minutes, well, then guys, sign up for the Patreon thing. Because <laughs> it's way better. What are we doing? Um, send them at Crespity. So at gmail.com, email us. We'll read it on the show just like this. Oh, wait, no. This was the week with no emails. What? Sorry, my bad. Drew, <laughs> Drew, Drew went for his phone reflectively. Excuse me? Reflexively. Ostensibly. Um, ostensibly on Legion. That was my favorite part of Legion when they, when they <laughs> did the rare like past on past yeah. episodes, but instead of saying like previously on, they say like ostensibly, <laughs> shit like that. Um, Facebook, get off of it. Why are people still on it, Drew? I don't know. So they can communicate with their grandparents and parents. No one Perhaps. likes doing that. No one likes doing so that. So they they can doom scroll Vice News and other and other strange. But news you can feeds. you can do that on Twitter and be in more of a bubble, and it's it's there. It's a little less hateful uh, somehow. You could uh, just get off the social medias. I don't know, guys. It's really depressing out there. But anyway, if you're not getting off Facebook, join our Facebook group, and I put up a common question thread. And then people can comment or question it or on it. And then we'll read it. I like it this. Gabe got at us. What? Gabe? No. He's our man. No one can do it. Wait, no. How's it go? Shit. Sorry. Take two. Gabe! Judas and the Black Messiah review. Nice. I love some of the camera shots, especially around the old cars along the score. This director has a good eye and a sense of tone. Very good job. Very timeless. Seems like it will age well. Would love to revisit it. Worth a watch. That would be... Shaka King is a director. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to more Shaka King stuff and, and seeing what uh, happens, what comes out of his follow, for sure. Just Mercy Review. All right, that's the uh, Michael B. Jordan is a lawyer. You get an electro out of jail. I appreciate the attempt, but this thing swings swings for gravitas and misses me. Mm. Again, another story based in real life and includes real-life death row inmates' testimony, but the way the story unfolds was kind of cartoonish. It, was, it just wasn't clear at the end. Although Michael B. Jordan has a huge monologues and is the absolute star of this whole thing, surprise Brie Larson spot too. Meh. Yeah, well, the reason the, the Brie Larson pops up in that is because that is a Daniel... Daniel Cretton... Daniel something Cretton, the um, <clears throat> director of the film Short Term 12... Which also features Brie Larson, as well as a, a very young Keith Stanfield, back when he was just Keith Stanfield. And he is also, he just wrapped production a few months ago on Shang-Chi and uh, the Twelve Rings, whatever the, that Marvel movie mm-hmm. is that he's doing. So uh, in, the, in between those, he did Just Mercy. He's got... The, the connections to, to Brie Larson from Short Term 12. Yeah, who is the Marvel person. Who is now a Marvel person. And that, you know, Michael the, B. Jordan, who's also... Come on, guys. Think, what, don't these things... Don't they seem like they explain what, themselves? When's Lakeith Stanfield going to be in the Marvel Universe? He'd be a good Riddler. But they already got a Paul Dano Riddler. I said he'd, Marvel, not DC, Chris. He'd be a good <laughs> uh, Spawn. Once again, wrong. He'd be comic book universe. He'd be a good. Um, what's what, who's the captain's name in Tintin and Tonton? That's a good question. He could be a captain. He could be a captain. It's him and Tintin. Okay. Um, he could be Reed Richards. He could be. That would work. He could be. Although I've seen some fanfic p- photos of John Krasinski as Reed Richards. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. That, with the beard, yeah. Oh man, yeah, that would work absolutely. Like Krasinski, Reed, absolutely. Yeah, I'd buy that. That works. 
Um, anything else there from Gabe? Uh, Minari review. Minari, nice. He took advantage of the A24 viewings as well. Okay, let's see what he says about the South Korean family settling in Arkansas in the 1980s. Wow. Whoa. Everybody's got to see this thing. Wow. I hope it wins awards. Well, I definitely, while I identify with this story of immigrants trying to realize the American dream, Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to be an immigrant to appreciate this movie. I think we're all in our different ways know the joys and pains of trying to pursue a better life for yourself or your family. People are comparing this to The Farewell, but this is much more in line with Marriage Story, in my humble opinion. The tension and drama is with the couple who want different things. My favorite is the boy with the grandma, so funny and so genuine. I thought the cast did well overall, but maybe Nutball Will Patton being a bit over the top, but overall good. Yeah, he was a little over the top. I paid $20 to screen it, but watch it wherever you can. It's tragically beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I say that's all accurate. That's a very good take on this movie. But I wonder if it'll, I think it'll stick around. A two four has great taste. I mean they're yeah. they're taste makers. They know what's up. That's a good review, Gabe. Thanks. We appreciate it, buddy. Uh and that's how the Facebook group works, amongst other things. Get off Facebook. Okay. Uh time for I teased it. The best thing to come out of 2020 by far has been Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly. Here we go. It's <laughs> Chris Reed's Entertainment Weekly. So you don't have to. I mean, I like I like this week in Entertainment Weekly better than this week in Rape Culture. It's that a, was fucking depressing. It's definitely more, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little easier on the psyche on a week-to-week basis, that's for sure. So we go week number one, or ep- uh, topic number one, I'm pulling from Entertainment Weekly this week. We have Maya Rudolph on the cover. Uh, it's an update on what Harvey Weinstein's up to. Here we go. So let's, <laughs> recap, let's recap all his crimes in detail first, graphic detail. The whole stuff. Um... They did it uh, every week. They do a not every week, but every issue to do it. The, the must list, the mm-hmm. ten things or whatever that people need to check out. So I pulled from that. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. A couple, a quick, just some quick uh, blurbs. Yeah, quick uh, factoids. <laughs> uh, March nineteenth. All right, this first episode, six episodes. All right, uh, buddy cop comedy, but also leaning into the political thriller side of the Captain America movies. So, does that mean Robert Redford's coming back? Who? Robert Redford? Uh, no. No, 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 The, no. the best part of Captain America? The yeah, I'm sorry. Soldier. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But I tell you, it was coming <laughs> back, though. Uh, uh, Daniel Brühl as Baron Zemo. Okay. Yeah, he's getting another chance uh, to play the character, hopefully in a better yeah. capacity. Well, actually, get was, I was about to say, waste of a good actor. Very, a big waste in Civil War. And then uh, Emily Van Camp will be returning as former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Sharon Carter. And then making his debut is Wyatt Russell, our boy, Kurt Russell's son, uh, as John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent. Ah, the, uh, he's the, the bad guy. He's the bad guy. The government-approved Captain America replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's going to be fun to see him going uh, up against the the Bucky. I wonder if he got super Mackey. buff. I wonder if he got Marvel buff. I'm sure this. he did, right? Well, we'll see if he takes a shirt. <laughs> God damn it, he got buff. Not just buff, Marvel buff. Uh, yeah, like, there's a difference there, That, that could be on Johnny, uh, yeah. But then, depending on how it goes, you know, Chris Pratt's sort of... Uh, he's, not, he's not doughy, but... You can see it in his neck. He's not as thin as he could be. Yeah, but it... The, like, unhealthy thin. Th- there's, there's always going to be that one shot from the first Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like, God 
Damn. Yeah, that, that shot would now exist forever <laughs> of him just being super ripped. Um, here's a quote from Anthony Mackie. It still feels like you're in a... Because he says... Oh, yeah, let me back up the quote. We didn't lose that feeling of security and espionage. It still feels like you're in a Philip K. Dick novel or a Tom Clancy movie, which I think is cool. But at the same time, it's Sebastian and I, and we're idiots. So you get more of us being ourselves. So they're leaning into the to the buddy cop aspect of it. Yeah. And then this, I just uh, picked up on... Let me take a sip. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Throw a dry. This I picked up on... Because uh, I mentioned it last week, I think. The Tim Allen show assembly required they have a, a bit on that it's number five on their list of ten but there's actually something in here that's like oh this is weird how this came about um because the question was how'd you construct this idea talking to Tim Allen he said that assembly required concept was actually the original pitch for last man standing his sitcom okay all right I wanted to do a show about getting stuff done and had an idea for a show that encouraged mentorship. Then the idea became a dramedy and then a sitcom. So he had an idea for a a, a builder mentorship like reality show that got turned into a dramedy that got turned into a sitcom about a guy uh, with a wife and three daughters who runs a uh, an outdoorsman's store. Mm. That's that's a weird fucking trajectory weird. to come up with that sit- which lasted Seven, eight seasons. It's Did it? A, Seriously? Yeah, it's it's on its final season now. Wow! Like they gave them, they let them know, hey, this is it, your final season. So whatever you want to get out there, get it out there now. Interesting. Um, yeah, th- it was a fully successful show for Tim Allen, which is why he gets more shows like yeah. this, which is a it's described as Top Chef for gadgets, and it's a History Channel show. It starts, well, of course, and it already started by now. The first episode was this week, so if no. people want to check it out, it's there. This quote made me laugh though. Um. What do you appreciate most about the show is the question. Tim Allen. I love the women and men in my life where their virtue is defined by the fact that they finish a job. It's not right or wrong or moral or immoral. Something either works or it doesn't. So I imagine he's the perfect guy to assign. What are we building here? Well, these are, what we need here, Mr. Allen, is a series of chambers. <laughs> human-sized chambers. Multiple humans. And we just want to those babies full of gas any sort of gas we want to fill okay oh okay okay yeah oh, we can do that we can do that we're, yeah. we're, we're gonna need th- this kind of piping yeah. and uh we're gonna need this kind of rebar you, you don't care mr allen about the uh what the purpose of the chamber is? no i don't care yeah. you, can, I mean, you, you need you, a chamber i'll make you a chamber yeah yeah you need but do, does a chamber need more power and while while you hear that giant swastika comes on the screen yes yeah. I mean, it fits his brand. <laughs> it totally fits his brand. I'll give the show a shot, mostly because of the Richard Karn inclusion. Uh, famous family feud host Richard Karn. Uh, here we go. Next item. There's a really good uh, Foo Fighters thing in here because they have an album that they made that was supposed to come out pre-pandemic, and then they've been sitting on it for a year, so now they're getting they're doing promotion. For okay. It. So there's a but some good factoids in here. It's almost like a real quick oral history of. Foo Fighters and how they the first album how it came to be there's some really good stuff in here actually so I pulled a couple things um, this I mean, is the first album is just Dave Grohl yes so yes, <laughs> it, it, it is Dave Grohl playing his own drums guitar and singing um, and then it kept his name off the first like 500 pressings because no. he just wanted to put it out there it gets into how he was very self-conscious about the music well, and Pat I mean, Smear was like dude you gotta put this out there well yeah I mean coming out of what he came out of yeah exactly know. well they, 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 that happened sure um, so this is Nate Mendel, the bassist, uh, their longtime bassist. He says, my favorite 
Embarrassment is in 1997. The band got invited to play with David Bowie for his 40th birthday at Madison Square Garden. The dude from The Cure is there. Billy Corgan, Sonic Youth, just mind-blowing. We tape... We take a group shot after rehearsal. Everybody's looking cool and rock and roll in dark-fitting clothing. Dark, tight-fitting clothing. They've got the hair where it's supposed to be, and I get put right behind Bowie. I've got a bowl haircut and the biggest white short-sleeve shirt you can possibly imagine. I look like a bowl of porridge. That's hysterical. Yeah. To be the basis and what turns out to be, I guess, iconic. the last the last great rock and roll, American rock and roll band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, here's a picture of you next to David uh-huh. Bowie, and you look like a self-described mm-hmm. bowl of porridge. I w- would love to see that picture. Um, this is oh, who's this guy? Who's Shiflet? Shiflet is Chris Shiflet is a guitarist who started in 1999. So a couple albums, and that was was that the There Goes My Hero. I was that that album? I, I do not know the order of the album. Watch it, Nelly. That's I know that's the second one, but I can't remember the year. Was it early to 99? I, I know, man. Time, time is a fucking bitch and we're high as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care then. I really don't care now. <laughs> okay, here not, we go. Not going to be dates. Oh, speaking of, so this is a section titled There Goes My Hero. Girl talks about doing the recent the SNL with Dave Chappelle, how great that was. The drummer talks about a whole bunch of things like playing with the Led Zeppelin, etc. But here's this guy shifted, this other guitarist. Mick Jagger was like this English gentleman and king of rock and roll. At rehearsal, he would come in and go, Oh, my voice is a little rough today. I'm just going to kind of take it easy. And we'd click off the song, and he would just be bouncing off the walls. He could not be Mick Jagger. Uh, that must be fun to be like, Oh, Mick Jagger's just going to take it easy. Okay? <laughs> and then he's like, chicken strutting around the room. It's like, fucking goddamn Mick Jagger. Brown sugar! <laughs> Like, damn, this guy's showing us all up, this old man. How dare he do that? How dare he? Uh, okay, let's see. Did I have another thing in here? I think I thought I did. I talk- Actually, I also pulled that little thing about Invincible. See, that thing in there on Invincible. Oh, uh, talking about how cool it's going to be and how this guy has a mustache and how you should grow a mustache. And also, Drew, there's a cool blurb in here. On uh, It's actually an excerpt of uh, Anthony Bourdain's newest mm-hmm. book. Oh, he's okay. Got, he's got a book here called World Travel. Uh, it's his posthumous city guide. His brother takes readers to France to show how it all began. Interesting. So it's, uh, I guess, like he found a drawer full of shit yeah. and his brother put it together. So you have a little bit of a post-death Bourdain to get into. I mean, it's all, it's all just, the entire thing's just depressing as fuck. It, it, it truly is. <laughs> I mean, guys, it's, uh, if you need help, there's a suicide. Look on the screen now. Uh, under our faces, there's a suicide prevention phone number you can call. To get help. That's for our our video listeners, our video watchers. I think that's it. I think I'm done. Okay. So that's I hear. That's EW Magazine. This uh, this segment brought to you by your local newspaper company, the Tribune Tribune Media Services, and Colgate. Uh, Drew, Chris, here we go. This is gonna be a shorter episode this week, guys. But you know what? If you want more content from us, Patreon.com/slash Crespity. So here we go. Movie news, episode 425, email, clicked on. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rest in peace. Every time I see that now, I'm sad. Now I'm just serenading through. I'm humming Daft Punk and looking into his eyes and seeing what happens, if anything, if it stirs anything deep within him. Nope, nope. Still as 
cold and hateful as ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, movie theaters through Chicagoburn are being allowed to open up uh, this week coming up here. Okay. It's been a full year now that they've been shut down. And while most of the country has been open in some capacity, whether it be limited or like here where Florida's just like, oh, wow, man, who gives a shit? Just die. Not yeah. if you want to. Just die. If you want to go out, go out. If you don't want to, whatever. Just, you know, we don't care. We don't care. We're not going to help you. Yeah, it sucks. So uh, in New York, like, all right, theaters, you can open up now, limited capacity with certain measures in place and the theater. So, like, we've had these measures ready to go for months. We've been just waiting for it to go ahead, you know. Uh, Regal put out, uh, I think they sent out an email or whatever, but they put out a statement and be like, this is great news about New York opening up. We're pumped about that. As soon as Los Angeles opens up, we're ready to go. <laughs> we're good to go, baby. Um... There is the, uh, you know, all the talk of the the, the UK variant. No. There's the Brazil, the California variant. variant. That's what I'm saying. No. So now there's the California variant, which is worse than all of them. People are like, I'm, Duh. So, I'm so it's so perfectly <laughs> metaphorical. I'm so scared of all these foreign variants. The worst one's the homegrown one, man. It's gonna kick our asses. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a metaphor for everything. It's Chris. perfect. <laughs> it's so perfect. Um, it's just, just like that silly little insurrection. It's silly. That was nothing. I mean, that was. I mean, come on, that's fine. The uh, and then I I just know it exists, but I haven't looked into it at all. But there is a New York variant uh, as well. Even even better. Yeah, so we're getting it from both sides. So, both wh- which one's gonna kill all the old people? The California one's brutal. It's more vaccine resistant. Awesome. The spike protein spikes are longer, so more likely to grab onto I what mean, it needs to in order to I procreate. Mean, it's and been whatever. an entire yeah. year at this point in time. I seriously, I, I was hoping a lot more people would die. You were hoping more people would die? For all the bullshit that we've gone through? Ha- Fuck yes. Half a million people died. It's not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> half a million people died. How, how many people are on the planet? They're, dude, those are that's a, in, half a million people in one calendar year have died. How many people are on the planet? No, it's about the, <laughs> it's about the amount of time can and, I, can and, I, and how I, much of that was preventable. I, a, I mean, it was most of it was preventable. Well, then there you go. It's like, so it doesn't matter how many people are on the no, planet. I, I, want, I was hoping this is going to be the culling. No, 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 this wasn't going to be it. Happened way too slow to be the culling. You've well, seen movies. That m- shit has most to, of them happen. That like shit that. has to tear through cities within like 30 days. No, why didn't it? We, we, we maybe do, the new one. Maybe we, the California one will. Nah. We already, all you got to do is update the vaccine. We now have proof. We now see what the way the state of the world is at when shit like this happens. We need about a year and a half to two years to for all the world's scientific minds to come together and beat this thing. That's what happened. All the, all these labs like started working right away, and uh, that's the only reason why. If the Spanish flu didn't take out the world in 1920, how is the flu going to take people out now unless I mean, it's an Sp- immediate killer? Spanish flu took out a lot more people. Yeah, but they did. They didn't have like <laughs> fucking. Atomic microscopes and shit, and and like the, those spinning machines to make the vaccines and stuff, and all the monkeys to test them on. <laughs> they had to go catch the monkeys and shit. It's a lot of work catching monkeys. And now we have the monkeys. We're farming them. Actually, now we're running out of monkeys actually because of all the for all the vaccine testing and shit. I mean, I'm sure they can just uh, production at the monkey farm. I mean, fortunately, hopefully, they'll just get to the point where all right, we got the vaccines done. Now we can just focus on monkey reproduction. Reproduction. They got to go to Thailand and get those monkeys that have been laid off from the coconut water company. <laughs> get to some new, new jobs over here in the American healthcare sector. Yeah, man, because they're they're gonna lose their job now. They all have been cut off from all these Western suppliers. Like, we don't want your monkey slave labor coconut <laughs> water. 
man. That's crazy. Those poor monkeys are like, we're just trying to get a job. So now they got to sign up for like vaccine trials and shit. That's how that, you know, that monkey slave labor works. It's so bad. That's what capitalism gets us. And also the, the desire to live. Yes. <laughs> the desire to live leaves us with monkey slave labor. The monkeys who cannot work in the coconut trees must now go to the labs to get the needles in them and see, is it the placebo or will I now die? And that could also be a metaphor. <laughs> what are we talking about? I have no uh, idea. Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. Drew Cogburn. I saw the teaser. I did on not. Netflix. I didn't watch it. Did you watch it? Well, I, is it just a teaser? Yeah, it's just because it, it was like you know, worth waiting for or coming whenever. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just had a little thing where I mean, they just showed they showed a couple shots of lots of zombies. Okay, there was like a small thing of like deep. Dave Bautista shooting a gun at something that you don't, you don't see. You don't yeah. see yeah, so. sure. And then, like, uh, Vegas looking fucked up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's um, exactly what you think. You, the, like, you can picture it all in your head, what you just, see in the Which is why I didn't bother clicking on yeah. it. Like, maybe a full trailer I'll watch yeah, or whatever. Yeah, no, it isn't a full trailer. Uh, May 21st is the release date on Netflix for Army of the Dead, May 21st. Um, according to that Vanity Fair article that I posted in the Facebook group, it's a really good Zack Snyder profile that I recommend people reading. He, when he finally decided to come back to work, and we talked about this before, he went to Netflix and he had a meeting with one of the guys and he just had a laundry list of like, I have this idea, I have that idea. And then he was like, uh, zombie heist and no heist and zombie infested Las Vegas. And the Netflix guy was like, pause, genius. And then he just stood up and like threw money in his face. <laughs> money, money, here, make it, make it. Millions of dollars. Yeah. Hang on. How many, how many millions of dollars do you need? Yeah. I got that right. Here you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, not even like a giant checkbook spins around like from prices, yeah. right? And he has a huge feather pen. <laughs> writes it out oh he's like oh I misspelled million he crosses out strip it down cross it out um, yeah he went from like it's just an idea on a piece of paper to now I need to do a movie a prequel an animated series like now it's an entire Netflix universe and it's fully funded fully fully funded so he was able to creatively get his juices flowing again and jump back into a full ass project like that yeah. thanks to Netflix's seemingly unlimited budget Unlimited amount of Well, money. I mean, we've talked about this, Chris. How many millions of people do they have watching? 200 million. Okay, multiply that by what's their monthly fee? 14.99. So 14.99 times 200 million. <laughs> Although that's not, I mean, the, that, those prices are going to change around the world, obviously, based on the country. But yeah, in America, it's 14.99. So you can just go ahead and assume most people are paying top dollar. I mean, that's only three billion dollars a month jesus that's one hell of a operating revenue budget there we got there what would i do with three billion well first a I'd, month a month well first first drew i'd update the coffee machines in the break room <laughs> okay they're kind of old guys mr coffee come on let's get with the nespresso already um so may 21st is the release date for army of the dead yeah they, they pretty much have a blank checkbook they can it's an infinite well, amount of money. Not fully blank. I actually drew. I mean, <clears throat> I don't fully, obviously, understand business, macroeconomics, and shit, or else I'd be way more successful in everything yeah. that I do in my life. But uh, like, I have relatives who work Wall Street, have for years, stockbrokers and shit like that. I remember someone telling me a couple years ago, "Oh yeah, Netflix. They're they're going to be gone in a year or two. They're going to be going under. They're running out of money. They don't have cash. The well, revenue I mean, streams aren't. I'm sure they're in massive amounts of debt. That's what I'm thinking. Making, Operating debt. Yeah. But if you're making 
three billion dollars a month, I don't see how you can't get out of debt. If it's such a steady stream that it's not going to plummet overnight, it's not yeah. like they're going to wake up one day and be like, three quarters of our subscribers unsubscribed yesterday because yeah. of that successful Whatever. angry moms campaign yeah. about our movie. You know, yeah, that's not never going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a slow, slow departure. Um, yeah, I don't see them bumbling that at all. As a matter of fact, I'm still waiting for uh, Reed Hastings, who's been running Netflix for a long time. I'm waiting for the word for him to be like, yo, now I'm the CEO of Disney or some shit, no. like for him to move up in the corporate world. Uh, that's going to happen anytime soon. Well, sometime soon. Um, here's a little bit of DC news for you, Jusik Hogburn. Angel Manuel Soto. Holy shit, I just realized that. This guy's name is Angel Manuel Soto. My dad's name is Angel Manuel Crespo. That's damn coincidental. <laughs> That's just a coincidence. But anyway, Angel Manuel Soto is... Uh, he has a movie that just came out on HBO. That actually, I think, got good reviews. You should probably watch it. Charm City Kings. I saw the little... Yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Like it popped up a month ago. Yeah. Like new Charm City Kings. He just got hired to direct Blue Beetle for DC, DC. and Warner Brothers. Yeah, yep. interesting. And uh, Gareth Dunnett Alcocer wrote the upcoming Scarface remake. And uh, Miss Bala, I don't know what that is. I think that's a I think that's a Netflix crime drama. Okay, uh, he based a character. Basic on the character who first appeared in the pages of Fox Comics in 1939. Damn, before moving to DC Comics. There have been multiple Blue Beetles over the years, Mm -hmm. but the focus will be on Jaime Reyes, a Latino teenager and the third person to take up the Blue Beetle mantle. This is all according to The Rap. Yeah. There we go. We got ourselves a uh, DC's first, like, straight up Hispanic superhero. Is he a superhero or just a guy in a costume? Uh, he, I mean, I think he is some sort of. I don't. I, I, I know what he looks like. Okay. Like think the think the tick, but armored. Sure. He's he's got gadgets kind of like Batman. Yeah. But I don't I don't remember what his powers are. All right, we'll see. I think this thing will actually have a little bit of a breakdown. Let's see what we got. Um, here's a quick Blue Beetle background. Blue Beetle background brought to you by a bit of a breast for Bispo. We're trying to get all the bees in all there, right, and it wasn't right, really. Right. Um, okay, the first Blue Beetle appeared in 1939, moved to Charlton Comics. His name was Dan Garrett. He gained his superpowers from a, quote, special vitamin, so he was a meth addict. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, later versions of the same character change its origin to involve a sacred scarab. Ah, okay. There was a Scooby-Doo cartoon called The Blue Scarab, or an episode where I think it was supposed to be like a hero, but he turned out to be the bad guy. And uh, I feel, I wonder if that was like a Blue Beetle ripoff. Well, it's probably the Blue, the Blue Scarab. And that sounds kind of more like a Black Adam ripoff. Possible. That's possible too. Yeah, absolutely. Scooby-Doo right there. Just yeah. fucking shit around. Second Blue Beetle was Ted Cord. Uh, ended up as part of DC after Crisis on Infinite Earth stumped uh, several Charlton Comics characters into the pages of DC. So they did a comic book merge. Um, he did not have superpowers like Iron Man and Batman drew. Use signs and gadgets to fight crime. So that's, yeah. what we're, that's what you're talking that, about. That's the one that I'm familiar with. Okay, well now, here is what we're getting. Enter Jaime Reyes, teenager who discovered the original Blue Beetle Scarab. Ah, so back to the mystical powers. Yes, cool. who could transform into a battle suit that allowed him to fight crime and even travel into space. Yeah, battle. Okay, cool. So mystical battle suit. All right, I'm cool go. with that. That sounds like fun. 
So uh, there you go. Yeah, is this what sort of what you think of when you picture that picture there? Ooh, no, that, that, that like, is cool. That looks like a pretty updated. Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the new the newest probably, blue beetle. Yeah, that's probably the battle suit. Looks pretty the aggro. Secret battle suit. It looks almost like antiheroish as well. Like he's almost like a bad guy there. Like maybe he could be. Like his face looks angry. Yeah. Oh, he. I mean, his face looks super angry. That's what it is. His face <laughs> looks angry, right? He's like, I'm pissed, motherfucker. Yeah, he does look like a bad guy there. Yeah. All right, well, blue beetle coming from DC. Giving us our first Spanish DC superhero. Uh, I'm not cool with that. Uh, Marvel beating them to the punch cinematically with uh, Miles Morales. Get a one-two in there with a half-black, half-Puerto Rican guy. We see what you're doing. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah. We'll take it. Fucking who gives a shit. Miles Morales ended up being pretty likable. I like the kid. Yeah. Um, speaking of half-Spanish, speaking of them damn half-Spanishes, me, I like my men full Spanish. Okay. And women. That's not true. I take whatever I can get. <laughs> Oscar Isaac, he's half a Guatemalan, I believe. And then he grew up in Miami, so he probably has like a Cuban accent anyway. Because everyone, no matter who yeah. you are down there, you have a Cuban accent. Like, can you speak Spanish? No, no, no. Just this is how I speak English. Um, Ethan Hawke credits Oscar Isaac for bringing him into the Moon Knight series for Marvel. Yeah. Right? He's been cast as the big bad guy. And his quote here is, this is to the film stage. He says, oh, actually, no, this is first. I actually like this quote, too, where he's sort of, for a second, this is an older quote where he's, I don't want to say steps in it, but some people got upset. Like, oh, man, you, comic book movies are real art, man. That type of thing. He got those people mad. It's it's real to me, man. Just the wrestling fans. He says, this. he said, now we have a problem that they tell us Logan is a great movie. Well, it's a great superhero movie. It still involves people in tights with metal coming out of their hands. It's not Bresson. It's not the Bergman. But they talk about it like it is. I went, I went to see Logan because everyone was like, this is a great movie. And I was like, really? No, this is a fine superhero movie. There is a difference, but big business doesn't think there's a difference. Big business wants you to think that this is a great film because they want to make money off of it, end quote. I think he missed the point of Logan. Well, he also picked a the, little bit. He picked like the most like liked by far, the one that anyone will hold up to. Like, this is the one, Logan. He yeah. picked that one to be like, hmm. It's still not. A, it's still <laughs> it's not, not cinema. It's not cinema. It's not Bergman. It didn't make me feel. Um, so it, there's some backlash on that because you know internet gets angry. Yeah. So he backtracked a bit. Toxic Collider. I was talking about a much more nuanced point. <laughs> I love it when they do that. But let's hear him out. I was talking about a much more nuanced point about money in America and what our obsession with the accumulation of wealth is. Scott Derrickson's Doctor Strange is amazing. Chris Nolan's Dark Knight. James Mangold's Logan. I cited those because they're my favorites and people took it as me criticizing them. What I was trying to say is we need a community that's making all kinds of movies. It's a part of it. I think it pisses people off because they don't want to go back to the ghetto where comic books weren't taken seriously as art. And I agree with that. So a bit of an olive branch Mia Copa. He's sort of like, yeah, yeah, they're, no, they're still good guys. Don't look good. <laughs> I'm sorry. These movies didn't make me cry. They're still good. They're still good. Since then, he has now been cast in Moon Knight. Yeah. Right. As the mm-hmm. bad guy. So now we're full, full all the way around where he's like, now I'm in one of these goddamn things. 
Okay. They're picking the weirdest movies to make. And it's weird, right? Well, this one's a series. Still. Right? Series. Everything. From the... Uh, all of it. From There's like several a, directors. Of all the stuff in the Marvel Universe, the things that they're choosing is so strange. I guess maybe they're just running out? <laughs> no, this, dude, they're not running out. I mean, they just got all those Fox things. I mean, they... Fox they, had a list hundreds long. Yeah, I was about to say, they, I mean, they still haven't gotten some of their core things right, so... Yeah, sure. Well, especially according to Drew Sicagward over here, who's not yeah. not happy. Um, here we go, Ethan Hawke on why he does why he chose to do Moon Knight. A lot of it is Oscar. To me, to be honest with you, I find him to be a very exciting player in my field. I like what he's doing with his life. He reminds me of the actors when I first arrived at New York that I looked up to. Oscar is younger than me, and I like the way he carries himself. I like the way he thinks, and in general, good things happen when you're in a room with people they like the way they think. Right. So it's pretty exciting. He's excited about the the collaborators that he's working with. Uh, so I'm looking forward to Moon Knight. Also because I have no attachment to Moon Knight. Huh. I've read like literally one issue of a Moon Knight uh, comic my whole life. Who, no. who gives a shit about Moon I'm, Knight? I'm I'm familiar with the character. I'm I'm more know Moon Knight just from the cover art. Like see the, Moon Knight had some really amazing yeah, cover art it's all back like, in the day because it's all cosmic and shit. Right? Yeah. Well, and dark as well. Maybe they'll lean into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. So, it's definitely the, from the darker side of the, yeah. the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. which I'm into. Well. Um, sticking with Marvel, let's talk about Loki. Uh, we have a release date. Uh, Loki will be airing on June 11. On Disney Plus is when we get Loki. And that's going to be wacky. Great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Loki features a god of mischief as he steps out of his brother's shadow in a new series that takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. Uh, here's a bunch of stuff that we already knew. Here's the cast. Owen Wilson. Gugu Mbatha-Raw. I don't know who that person is. I don't know who that person is. And Richard E. Grant. Fantastic. Love Richard E. Grant. Uh, I told, uh, read a story a couple weeks ago about Anthony Hopkins. Was it Anthony Hopkins? No, about, it was regarding this. Uh, Owen Wilson signing on to Loki and having no idea what was going on. And then Hiddleston being like, well, look, here's the storyline. Here's my character. Here's some YouTube videos. Catching them up, right? Uh, Sam Neill, if you recall, has that scene in Thor Ragnarok where Thor shows up to Asgard and they're doing a play that's a retelling of Mm -hmm. the Thor story that we know. With Matt Damon. Yeah, Matt Damon is (laughs) Thor. So there's all these cameos, all these people playing these roles. And Sam Neill was the role of uh, uh, Odin. Yeah. And someone asked him recently about that. I'm like, what was that like shooting that? And he was like, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> I didn't know who I was. I didn't understand the dialogue. I knew nothing. Like, it all had to be explained to me. Yeah. And I find that hysterical. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I bet you Jeff Goldblum was like, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm an, I'm an alien. Oh, okay. Yes, but can, yes. I, can, I, um, can I also be a space Can DJ? I also be a DJ? Yes. <laughs> I love that for you, Jeff. Yes, I love it. That's Taika, I don't know what Taika Waititi necessarily sounds like. Like I do, but I haven't really worked on it. Sort of. It's just I don't know. Like you just he's in in one scene, and and then you go back to Thor, and and then you go back to him, and all of a sudden he's just a DJ. I think he (laughs) doesn't he just like literally turn ninety degrees, yeah, and then the camera cuts, and then he's just in front of a thing DJing. Yes. Like wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) So, so weird. He's he's like uh, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Dolph the Punka Goldblum over here. This guy. 
Um, this was a they had a little bit of fun. Speaking of Marvel, a little bit of fun with the Spider-Man three coming up with mm-hmm. a titling. Yes, uh, saw that. The main actors put out three videos on Instagram at the same time with three different titles: uh, Spider-Man Phone Home, Spider-Man Home Wrecker, and Spider-Man uh, Home Home something Home Slice Home Dog. Home slice, home slice, uh, and then they even someone else put another art that I saw. Uh, uh, Spider Man, that's so Craven. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. That one was hilarious. That's pretty funny. And then they all have logos. They're yeah. all logoed. Yeah. So it's like, well, what is it? What's the real one? And then they announced yep. what it is, and it's a much more boring Spider Man. Uh, no way home. Mm-hmm. No way home. And it, it sounds like that leans into the multiverse. I was but just about to say, yep. with the multiverse of madness coming out, like. It's all yeah. It's all gonna be fucked up and weird. It's all doing it. It's all happening. Uh, Viacom, CBS overhauls film strategy with new theatrical windows. Oh yeah, so this is a crazy. This is a crazy. This is from Variety. Um, so Paramount has been super resistant to releasing their movies in a uh, in box in theaters when there's no box office to be had, especially with the Regal being closed mm-hmm. all over the place. Like fuck this. We're not. We're not wasting this money. We're not. Like what they did with Tenant, we're not losing out on $700 million. Uh, So they've been open to selling some of their movies to make that money back and then just pushing other stuff. Push it, push it, push it. Like uh, Top Gun Maverick is an example. A Quiet Place Part 2 is an example. They have a bunch of big movies that they've been sitting on now for a year. Uh, But they also now have Paramount Plus, which is the CBS All Access app being Mm rebranded. It's all Viacom, so they have all sorts of shit that they've announced, and I actually have a bunch of things that we can talk about. Uh, maybe this will be a full-length episode. And But the most interesting thing, Drew, is they announced they will be putting their movies on their app just 45 days after release, as, oh, okay. as opposed to, no. wait, 90 days. No, what's six? Yeah, three months. Wait 90 days for it to be available to rent and then another 30 to 90 days for it to be available for streaming. They're like, no. Within but, 45 days, it will be on our app to stream. But on it, on it, it's because it's their app. It's their app. It's a Paramount Plus app specifically, exclusively. And then um, within 90 days, it will go to a an existing deal they have with Epics that they updated. Uh, Epics has been the home for Paramount new releases for a long time, apparently. Mm-hmm. And they updated that deal so that they're going to they're gonna start getting these movies faster. Okay. Uh, I think that's a trade-off for them to, like, now we're also losing movies to the app. Uh, But at least they're getting first-run movies a lot faster than other pay channels. Um, So stuff like, you know, Top Gun Maverick will come out in July, which means it'll be on the Paramount app by the beginning of September. Like, that's that's a fast fucking turnaround. Paramount Plus debuting, I mean, just in a couple days here. Yeah. Shit, and there's they're doing a thing where it's like five dollars or something a month with ads, ten dollars without ads, that type of shit. Um, some of the things that they have coming back, uh, since it's a uh, Viacom, they have like Paw Patrol is, is coming back, you know, to help indoctrinate the kiddies about police in their neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. We have, um, I thought this was a better, a better listing. What we have, obviously, already mentioned Top Gun, Maverick. Mission Impossible 7 is also a Paramount movie, so that'll be 45 days after release. Um, Beavis and Butthead movie. What? All right. They're doing a, a movie, straight up. And a whole bunch of movies are being turned into shows. 
Oh, and then also they're doing a straight up Avatar: The Last Airbender like studio where they're doing like a prequel, a sequel, like all sorts of Avatar: The Last Airbender branded shit, all coming out of one spot. Um, Frasier coming back. Ready for Frasier? Some tall I mean, salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> I mean, not. I guess. All right, here we go. Here we go. I got this. Frasier revival. Rugrats revival. The whole Avatar Last Airbender expanded universe thing that they got going. Uh, a Star Trek show called Prodigy. That's the most duh thing. Like, Star Trek will be forever, right? Yeah. Um, Mayor of Kingstown, as well as two Yellowstone spinoff shows. You know Yellowstone? Ye- Yellowstone Park? Uh, yeah, well, the um, the Kevin Costner show, Yellowstone. Oh, okay, no. It's been on the Paramount Network for a minute. Okay. It's well-reviewed. People like it. Uh, it's a Taylor Sheridan show. It's the guy who wrote and directed How or High Water. Oh, okay. He wrote Sicario and no. Soldado, right? He's a pretty talented guy. No. Apparently, he's the guy behind Yellowstone. Interesting. He has a prequel called Y colon 1883. So that's like a prequel. No. And another one called 6666 Yellowstone. Mm. So I think that's like far in the future where yeah. it's like uh, robot wars and shit. And then this mayor of Kingstown is also his show. So he has like a whole thing going with that whole thing going on with Paramount where he's developing a ton of shit um the love story love story the movie that's getting a, a reboot the Italian job that's being turned into a show Parallax View TV show Flashdance TV show Fatal Attraction TV show um the weekly show with Trevor Noah okay alright so yeah there you have a uh sting and clean on some inside Amy Schumer comedy specials untitled Beavis and Butthead movie Reno 911 event special. Ooh, that'll be fun. A Again, remember, it's Vicom, right? Yeah. Workaholics movie. Okay. Unplugged revival. Ooh, depending on right? who. Right, who they get. Yo MTV raps revival. That could be fun. Uh, we got a RuPaul show. RuPaul's Queen of the Universe singing competition. A real world docuseries. Road rules. Criminal minds revival. 60 minutes plus. And the Halo TV show. To round it all out. <laughs> just to, just because there's not enough shit on here to possibly watch. These are just some of the things, Drew, that will be on the Paramount Plus app over time. Interesting. So there you go. More more options. Again, I've said this before, but again, all these apps, if there's only a way to cable these things together <laughs> somehow. Say, Chris. In Chris, some sort of bundle. Chris, you're talking about cable. You want to go back to cable? I swear to do. I mean... At least, at least this though. I want this to be my cable. I want it to be very curated cable. <clears throat> you want internet cable? I do want internet cable. All right, here we go. That's a couple stories, and then we're done. The Killer is an assassin drama coming to Netflix. Okay. Exciting, right? Who gives a shit? Okay, yeah. All right, let's give us some reasons to give a shit, Chris. All right, here we go. I read the, I read the headline wrong. David Fincher, Michael Fassbender, the team for assassin drama, The Killer. Yes. <laughs> okay, now I'm interested. <laughs> That's my bad. Oh, you know what? I still read it wrong. Andrew Kevin Walker, who wrote Fincher 7, has reunited with Filmmaker. Okay, so yeah, now I'm super interested. Now it's getting better. This is according to Hollywood Reporter. Um, so is this what like the snowman should have been for Fassbender? Oh, my God. Mr. Policeman, <laughs> I've left you the clues, Mr. Policeman. What the fuck? The guy made Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. He wrangled a Jean de Carter novel down to its essence and made it beautiful that he couldn't make the fucking snowman. <laughs> I, I forgot to shoot 20% of the script. God damn it. 
whatever your name was. What was that guy's name? Don't know. Um, Thomas Alfredson. Who is Thomas Alfredson? So Andrew Kevin Walker. Uh, he wrote Seven, The Game, and Fight Club with David Fincher. <sighs> so hot. So yeah, where it, it's the hot nineties Fincher damn. who is following up Mank with an assassin drama. Let me see if I can get a little thing here. Oh, all right, here we go. Fastbender would star as an assassin who begins to psychologically crack as he develops a conscience. Um, the graphic novel, oh, there we go, described as a hard-boiled noir. Uh, doesn't say anything else. So it's a graphic novel. Yeah. Oh, right. ad- adaptation of. Adaptation of. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, Godzilla v. Kong's Adam Wingard has already... We've talked about this before. Uh, he's already landed his next gig ahead of the movie coming out. Very smart. Very, very smart. Mm-hmm. And it's the face-off what people thought was a reboot. But he's back to clarify. No, straight up. Where's the quote? According to IGN, this is face-off 2. And I can't say what that means exactly, but this is either going to be the definitive follow-up to that movie and everything that entails, or I'm not going to make it because everything's got to line up perfectly. I was about to say that means Nick Kate. Wait, he wants is him back. Everybody on board. <laughs> he wants him. He wants him back. Doesn't matter who's alive, who's dead at the end of that movie. He wants people back. It's a movie about face replacement. Yes, we can make Nick Cage come back. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, we uh, we saved his face in the computer, and now we we 3D printed <laughs> it so on we can top use of it. Whoever. So now we can uh, now Nick Cage is oh, now Nick Cage is back playing John Travolta, or John Travolta's playing Nick Cage. Yeah. Come on, man, I'm totally into it, and it's Adam Wingard, so there'll be like neon lights and EDM music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope the I hope vs Kong but is but fun. At, le- at least it's not going to be the '90s, so people won't be wearing Doc Martens and thick chains. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Or maybe they will be because I think oh. it's coming back around. <laughs> People are wearing Jenkos and shit. I see it on TikTok. No, that's not good. J.J. Um, Abrams getting another crack at Superman in the early 2000s before he did any movies. And he was just a guy who did like Alias and shit. And he was Steven Spielberg's uh, like his, uh, his buddy, his go boy. He wrote a screenplay called Superman Flyby and it was part of Warner Brothers' like years-long Superman development process mm-hmm. that ultimately ended with Brian Singer's Superman Returns. But there's a point where it was going to be J.J. Abrams' screenplay. And the big website at the time was Ain't It Cool News. I remember that. And that was a long time ago. A long time ago. This early internet shit. And they had a decent amount of power for being a dumb internet website that was poorly maintained and terribly written. And one of the writers who still writes now for other websites, Drew McWeeny, he got his hands on the screenplay, read it, reviewed it, reviewed the screenplay itself before it even got into production, and... Put out all the secrets, all the details, and then shit on the whole thing. Like, this thing fucking sucks. Uh, the internet got all loud about it. Warner Brothers got scared, killed it. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen. We got Superman Returns. Much more no, direct sequel, actually, to the Donner Superman movies. That's for all intents and purposes, a bomb. It's weird. Because it only made, yeah, it's weird. It only made like $250 million worldwide. Like, that's how you can make with Superman movie. Uh, but JJ's back. JJ's back, baby. Bad Robot is producing with Warner Brothers uh, the new Superman movie. Writing with JJ Abrams is Ta-Nehisi Coates. Oh, nice. Who, uh, like for Marvel, he's been writing their Black Panther yeah. for a bit and stuff like that. 
which now has people thinking, is this the Superman switch up? Are we getting a Michael B. Jordan Superman or something like that? You know what I mean? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm talking about making it a black guy. Getting people all mad and now it's a black guy. We're talking about an alien, people. He's be green. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Can't make him a black guy. He's got to be a Jewish. That's, see, now you can have the white guys arguing, no, he needs to be a Jewish immigrant. Yep. <laughs> and because that's what he was in the original comic books. That's, that's what he was. I'm not racist. That's just what he was. All right, I'm so, not racist. So let's, let, let, let's get, uh, who's the biggest Jewish actor? Make him the next Superman. The biggest Jewish actor. Who is the biggest Jewish actor right now? That would be Paul Rudd. Is he too old? That's a weird Superman. <laughs> Is he too old? Yeah, but Paul Rudd Superman. That's a weird Superman. 51-year-old, very uh, like meek. I go, oh, I guess I could be super. I, <laughs> I got a great head of hair still at the age of 50. Um, <clears throat> Any information here besides uh, the writers? And no, we don't have any of that stuff. But, uh, oh, I did, did I pull that? I don't think I did. I did, did do some reading on Superman Flyby to remind myself why people hated it so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting story that J.J. Abrams came up with. It does veer away from what we know a lot. Krypton does not explode. Okay. Yeah. That cri- makes things weird. It makes things weird. So on Krypton, what happened was uh, Jor-El is sort of a um, kingish figure. Like, he's sort of in charge. And, like, his brother gets all mad at him, so they battle, and his brother's gonna, like, put him in prison and shit. So before his brother takes over, he sends Kal-El off the planet. Uh, and apparently, they scoped out Earth ahead of time anyway, and knew about the Kents, and sent uh, Kal-El to the Kents, specifically to be adopted over there, right? Um, he grows up on Earth, he's Superman, etc., etc., falls in love with Lois Lane, meets Lois Lane in college, Finds out she's going to be uh, going into journalism as a journalist major. Changes his major to journalism because Superman's a weird stalker creep. What's mm-hmm. up with What's up with this? Why J.J. Yeah. Abrams wanted to do it? Brian Singer did he, it. He, they probably did that st- shit themselves in college. Because these weirdos did that shit themselves. Those fucking weirdos who we, 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 we give them millions of dollars, these fucks. So... Um, the, the the his Superman's cousin his his uncle's son his name is like Tizor and he comes down with some other Kryptonians they find out about Kal El so they come down to Earth to to I guess fuck him up and so they're sort of like a General Zod ish yeah. stand in mm-hmm. they come down to Earth find Kal El they fight Kal El dies they kill Superman okay. Because Warner was all like, we have to work in this Death of Superman shit. Because it's hot. It's hot, hot shit. It made us so much money in 93, 94. Uh, so it's a doomsday list Death of Superman. He dies. Yeah. Goes into the afterlife where he meets up with Pa Kent, mm-hmm. which does happen again in yeah. the books, right? And uh, they pull him through the afterlife. He comes back to fight off Tizor and all them uh, and send him back to Krypton. I don't know what, what goes on there. The whole time, just like Cogburn, Lex Luthor is a CIA agent working in the sort of men in black division investigating alien life on Earth. I don't know about that. You ready for this? You're not, you're not ready for that. Are you ready for this? By the end of the screenplay, he levitates into the air, reveals himself to be a Kryptonian. Oh, no, fuck that. He and Superman, as described in the script, Kung Fu fight while flying in the air. 
It's post Matrix. So imagine the no, Matrix no, fighting. No, now I know. No, no, this is and this is, and this thing died. This is real bad. Superman colon flyby. People can look it up. Real bad. Uh, the most interesting image to come out of this Drusa Cogburn. Uh, it got as far as like the screen test people for casting. There's a 2004 image property of Warner Brothers of Henry Cavill in a Superman suit. Ha. That's funny. Is that what, is that something? No. That fucking something? And uh, yeah, obviously never happened. But now JJ is getting another shot. Will he be more uh, uh, faithful to the source material? I mean, or is I he going to do another flyby? And I'll realize, like, I don't give a fuck about the source material. For real, like, I'm just just like, give me something good. Exactly. And that sounded bad. Oh, right? Yeah, that sounds awful. That sounds really bad. Um. Yeah, because, I mean, good Superman versus bad Superman, like, one of them's already died. Like, this is going to be... Yeah, it's already, <laughs> there's already too much well, in that, here. So, so and now there's an entire planet of Supermen that know yes. about Earth. Yes, yeah, so and they can just come here whenever they want. And take over the planet and make us subservient, and yeah, I what mean, the fuck? come on. Yeah, there's a whole planet. It's just there. It's still there. Yeah, Apparently close enough that we can, I'll, yeah. I'll just fly mm-hmm. over there real quick. Um, here we yeah, go. No, Last story. Last story. It looks like we made it to an hour and a half. I'm very proud of myself. I'm proud of you, Joseph Cogburn, and I'm proud of you listeners for sticking this far. And this is the reward that we get. Neil Blomkamp on Twitter. District 10 screenplay also be written by Charlto, Terry Tatchell, and I. It's coming. Dot, dot, dot. Nice. So there you go. Um, Neil Blomkamp wrote District 9 with Terry Tatchell. Who uh, she also covered like Chappie with him and maybe Elysium. I'm not sure. And then obviously Charlotte Copley is his buddy oh. who uh, he cast as the fucking lead in this movie that ended up being a huge hit. And, and he gave him a career. I was about to say. <laughs> he gave him a whole fucking Hollywood career. And uh, I, I think he also helped him write the original screenplay. So he has them on to help him do District 10. Cool. I'm pumped. Yeah. I, I want it. Absolutely. We never got that Halo movie, mm-hmm. but I wanted... What Halo movie, Chris, are you talking about? Oh, you don't know about the Neo Blomkamp Halo movie? That almost happened? That almost happened? Well, guess what? Patreon.com slash So This Friday, the episode comes out. One of six amazing unmade movies. Six of the greatest movies never to be made. We talk about Neo Blomkamp. They all got close. <laughs> they got, some of them got shockingly fucking close. Shockingly close. District 10, it's happening. 12 years later. I hope so. We'll see. I mean, f- yeah. fingers crossed. You never you never know. No. I'm still waiting for that uh, Stallone Rocky Four director's cut, no. he says, supposedly. There's no... Just because they have an extra training sequence in there doesn't make it a director's cut sly. I mean, there's still two Dune movies that are apparently coming out. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll see about that. <laughs> we'll see about that. Only one of them's me. So we'll, That's we'll what I'm saying. About, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> mm. All right, well... That is it for the episode 425. Uh, gracias, Senor Cogburn. De nada. Correcto, mando, Senor. <laughs> All right. See, we're doing Question it. Question mark. Question mark. Uh, you're welcome, listeners, for this week's Commoners cast. Get on the Patreon for the, the regal shit where we have the real fun, where the good stuff goes down. Is that true? I don't no. know if that's true. And uh, we'll be back next week at 426. We're going to be talking about stuff what I don't know, but it's going to be semi-exciting.
PFT Media Production.